I also think, I mean, there was just so much. I, I would love to just fucking hang out with, with, with me when I was 20 and my fucking really baggy cargo pants and... You know, I still my, have the baggy cargo yeah, pants. You do, you do, yeah. Because you know why? I liked them then. I fucking like them now. And go fuck yourself sure, if you no. don't like them because hey, you're not wearing them. I'm not bagging on them. I'm, you're not fucking I'm not, wearing them, so I'm not ragging on them at all. I'm not, I think, to, I'm not here to impress you, you 20-year-old cargo pants are out motherfucker. I, miss, I like my cargo pants. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. So I was thinking, um, and it hurt. Oh, it hurts so bad to think. Um, that is I think, the case. I think we've talked about this before, and I've I've written about it before. I think that uh, I have a tendency to not live in the past, but reflect on it. You nostalgize. I do. I, I nostalgize, and this fall is the, or like this year, nineteen or twenty nineteen is twenty years from nineteen ninety nine, which is when yep. I feel that I like started the the current stage of my life that I'm in now like the beginning of actual adulthood of being on my own you know like away from my parents right because like I was turning 20 and I had been in college long enough I was getting a feel for who I was as an individual rather than like the individual who is the son of Jim and Jim. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, just, yeah, you I know find exactly yourself, what right? you're talking about. It's like, yeah, I look at I look at my it's like, oh, I was in school and then I Basically everything, I've got lots of little things, but then uh, I would actually say, what's 89? I think I was 23 when I moved to Chicago, and that seemed, when I moved to Chicago, sure. yeah. after college, moved to Chicago, that was sort of like the beginning of that next chapter. Yeah, so like in 1999, and the, specifically the, <laughs> I guess the spring and fall, probably more the fall of 99, I guess, in the spring, um, but it, it dealt with college, like I... Um, like you, you moved to Chicago. There was this big thing. You're finding yourself like I had, I had yeah. come to terms with living in Las Vegas. I was like, I like Las Vegas now. I, I started to find my place. Um, you know, I was getting like I joined the fraternity, but I was like meeting all these new people and and finding new things and was solidifying myself as a a writer. Like I was writing for the school paper and had a column and it was just like, it was all starting to. I was starting to figure it out. It was just this constant. Um, like rocket trajectory, you know, like, yeah, yeah. you were, you were an just, upward swing. Uh, yeah. And it just, it's, yeah. there was no end and there were, the possibilities were endless and, you know, it was just, I, life was, was before me and it was just clouds and sunshine and, you know, I mean, of course I was fucking miserable, <coughs> excuse me, plenty of the time because, you know, I was a 20 year old, you know, emo kid with, you know, a sensitive heart and, a huge dick who was a virgin didn't know what to do with his huge dick and or thought he had a huge dick. I'm gonna say we've already established on this podcast that uh, <laughs> Katie's got the big dick in your family. Mm. You you were sporting right. basically an Audi belly button. So, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I just I'm I'm laughing really hard at that because yesterday Harry and I, Harry and I spent maybe God probably 20 minutes. Just poking each other's belly buttons and laughing. There you go. Like so, twenty years later, like twenty years ago, I was like, "The future is is nothing but possibilities, and I'm gonna be a star." And then, fast forward to twenty years, and I'm just playing with my belly button for twenty minutes, laughing my ass off. You know, it's one of the things that I because because uh, <laughs> you know I think about this, and maybe it's because I'm fifty three, and that's a, that's sort of hardwired into a certain age. I don't know, but. Uh, Sort of looking back, I mean, you know, because Dana and I just moved um, out of the mother-in-law apartment to our own apartment. Yeah. And uh, I'm thrilled, and I think she's thrilled. You know, it just, it's, 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 it's almost like we finally moved to Las Vegas. It's like we've been right, in a holding right. pattern. Mm -hmm. We've been in a holding pattern for about seven months, and yeah. so it's now we're finally in our own place. We got our own shit. Well, things one of the have things clicked. There's yeah, that click. Like, yep. Yeah, there's a click. You go, right. oh, okay, we're here now. Mm -hmm. um, 
but one of the things that I I tend to do is I look at my life and and we've talked about this is in decades. You know, my twenties, yeah, right. I was a school teacher. My thirties, I was a theater owner and producer, director, actor, that kind of thing. My forties, I was public radio dude, and now I'm casino manager in Las Vegas. You know, and so that's yeah. kind of how I I look at things. But it's been interesting because as I'm noticing that as because I've moved, God, probably 30 times in my life. I mean, I've, I've moved a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. And so moving is sort of standard. This is what I'm used to. But the process is almost always the same. It's like you box your shit up, get rid of some stuff, but then you box the shit up you're going to take with you. You get to the new place, you unbox all your shit, <laughs> and then you start going through your shit and going, do I really need, did I really need to bring this with me? Right. And what does this represent? And part of it is like looking back and it's like, all right, so what, part of my life now is history, Mm -hmm. you know, a thing to reflect upon and learn from and what part of it is still relevant, relevant Mm -hmm. and influencing my decisions. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I was like, you asked the question uh, earlier when we were getting prepped, you know, it's like, could I go back and talk to my, myself in 1999? And I was 33 in 1999. Mm -hmm. And no, no, because if there's, I mean, no, you wouldn't want to. No, not even a chance. Oh, man. Because the thing about it is, what do you get at the... First of all, the danger, if we're going to play the time travel game, right? Look, no, first of all, if we're going to do this, let's just throw out all the the the, the bugaboos and the hiccups and the, the well, so issues what that you, come... So what do you, take out all the, the science. Is, if, if we're this taking out the fantasy. science fiction, the question yeah. is, if I'm going to go hang out with my 33-year-old self... Yeah. What's the fucking point if I can't <laughs> warn myself, hey, by the way, when you meet Alex, first of all, don't go on Match.com because that's going to be bad for you. Okay. And and by the way, um, you know, when Lily B decides to trash you all over the internet, just go live in a hole for a month and don't say anything. I mean, that, okay. you know, if, I don't, if I don't get to say something, then there's no point in it. And I wouldn't want to say anything. If there's anything that I would say to my 33-year-old self is could you please not be so fucking dramatic? Because most of this shit is not going to matter. So just fucking calm down and have a sense of humor because most of this shit's not that big a deal. Yeah, see, I, I think that it's less about, for me anyway, it's it's less about going back and warning young David about all these things or giving him a heads up, you know, don't, don't date Brie or what, you know, eh, fuck it, because... You know, or make sure to in in ten years, make sure that you you don't leave Las Vegas until you have a job. You know, or you know, it, that's, whatever. You're giving yourself advice is think, just it's a I it's think a it's fool's more, errand. I think it's more that I want to go back and I just want to hang out with the kid. I want to listen to him. I I give him advice the same way I would if I was hanging out with any 20, 20 year old. You know, like just have, let's have a conversation. And whatever comes of that conversation comes of it. But well, the thing is, you can't hear... give advice. You can't give advice because that would change your trajectory. It's like uh, it's like the fucking uh, you, you love the JFK. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the Stephen King. Right, eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, yeah. You know, and how how he 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 finally prevents you know Kennedy's assassination. He comes back and it's a fucking wasteland dystopia and everything's been blown to shit. It's yeah. like oh that was a big fucking mistake. And, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like. Eh. This is the thing. Anything you change changes everything. So maybe it's just this fly on the wall thing. And I'm just, I'm trying to... You're going to watch yourself at, th- at 20. I just, yeah, because I want to see what I was like. Because I know what I was like in my head when I think back. And I've, you know, I've got all these journals and I've got all this, these writings and these pictures. And I, I've been dipping back into it because I'm, n- I'm, you know, hot for nostalgia. Yeah. And I'm going back to it and thinking, all right. I know exactly what I was thinking. I know ex- exactly where I was when I was thinking it. I remember it all so perfectly. Because I documented that period of time so well in pictures and writing. So, so well. But I want to go back and I want to see it all happening with outside eyes. You'd hate yourself. And I think I just might. <laughs> That's the thing is I think about it and it's like if I think about going back to, and to watch me like if I could just go be the fly it's like, it's sort of like the the what is it the Richard Dreyfus film with uh was it Holly Hunter where it's always where they're a couple and he dies oh, in a fire yeah. and then he yeah. gets to watch her the thing about it is I think if I got to go back and watch myself at 20 
I'd hate my fucking arrogant fucking face. I'd hate myself. I would I would constantly be going, what a boring, blowhard pain in the ass. And at 33, I would go back and I go, what an overly dramatic, whiny bitch. You know, and it's like, I, I don't think I would like myself at that time. For the same reason that when I'm 70, I don't think I'd like who I am now. I mean, not, maybe not who I am, but just like, God damn it, could you just get over yourself? See, I think, I think it's probably more that 20-year-old David would not like 40-year-old David. 20-year-old David would look at 40-year-old David and go, what the fuck? You've got yeah. a fucking cell phone? You've yep. got a fucking, what? You're, you took a job at a corporate, or what the, f- you're fucking married and you've got a, ew, you didn't, did you ever start a band? No, fuck you. What the, who the you fucking boring old man? What the fuck? Yeah, the only what thing the my 33, happened? the only thing my 33-year-old uh, Don would say to my 53-year-old Don would be go, how the fuck do you lose all that weight? Fuck you. Yeah, that's a good. That would be the only, like, thing, because, like, you know. I, I definitely get a high five for keeping my hair and staying thin. Sure. Um, I'd probably get a high five for my wife. I think that he would. I know that that twenty year old David would like Katie. I'm confident of that. Yeah. Um, well, that'd be creepy. What do you mean? All of a sudden, your your twenty year old uh, you hitting on your current wife. Well, she wouldn't come with me. So well, he wouldn't be able would to hit. Know- Oh, I'd, I'd, like show him, I'd show him pictures. Oh, so you get to take your cell phone back. And it uh, yeah, works. Yeah, sure. And it works because, you know, well, there's no cellular technology the, then. So I don't, what I don't the fuck need, is it going to do? As long, I don't need the service. I just need the pictures on the phone. All right, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I mean, they're not, you know, they're on the, that's just the, the chip, right? The microchip. Yeah, that's the thing there. is, yeah. that, see, it would fuck, that's it. I still think just showing myself that, I, 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 you can't escape the science fiction of it is... You're going to influence yourself. So if I went back in time to 33, 1999, and I loved 1999. 1999 was a great year. It was a great year. You know, I, I had a lot of fun. There was so much fucking theater drama, though. Mm. You know, it's like, and, and it's like, if, and I was, I, yeah, I was still with Jen. I can't remember if we were married then. I think, yeah, we were married. Yeah, no, we were married. Um, you know, but you go back in time and it's like, all right, so I go to myself. I've got my phone. I've got pictures of Dana and us. You know, Dana and I, Dana. And it's like, all right, hey, the last week. And I show myself. I go, hey, you know, you're with this one wife, but look what's coming. Mm-hmm. And here's what's going to change is that means I'm not going to be with Alice, which might be a good thing, but it would change things. But then the minute I saw Dana, because that's the story, is we were in the same room half a dozen times over two years before we actually even like noticed each other. And yeah. then it was just ripe. And then we got engaged in three dates. If I saw her at the Edward Hopper project in the audience and I knew that's going to be my wife. Yeah. That's the person I'm going to marry. Fucking a, a, I don't think she would have liked me. I would have fucked it up and then I wouldn't be married to her. Right. Yeah. Cause you can't change. Cause I mean, I, you can't I could change say- that. Yeah. You know, let's keep Ziggler alive. Let's not date Brie. Like these two big yeah. regret things in my life. Um, but how much of that brought me to the person that Katie fell in love with that put me in that exactly. position to meet her? It's, at the t- You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's all just like this this, this crazy house of I, cards. And I, I just miss. And the thing is, I think it only, this is what, and this is where you, this is where we're going to get into your deepness. Here's the therapy. Yeah. All right. Is. I think the only people who really would love to change their past are people who really aren't happy with their present. Right. You know, because I, you know, I, I, you know, I do the self-reflection thing, you know, and sure, there are things that I think, oh, God, I wish that hadn't happened. Right. But for the most part, I love my present. I'm having fun in my present. I like who I am in my present. Mm-hmm. Not everything. I'm, you know, it's like we talked about it. I'm always trying to be a better person. But yeah. pretty much I like, you know, my life. Yeah. So I can't indulge too heavily on what I would change. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I tend to do, and I, I don't nostalgize. I, in fact, I almost anti-nostalgize as I look at it as history. It is. It's history. Yeah. This is my history. What can I learn from my history that will make my present better? And 
Yes. That's the thing. And that's the thing. We're, you and I are talking about two very different well, things. Because that's because you're 40 and you're going, what, what's, what's, I gotta, I gotta read this quote. This is a quote. I want you to think about this. The quote is, it's, uh, it's Arthur Schopenhauer. Oh, I thought you were going to quote me. <laughs> something no. I, something the first stupid 40, I said. The first 40 years of life gives us the text. The next 30 supply the commentary on it. Okay, see, that, that depresses me. Now, I knew it would. It depressed Data when I read it to her. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? That's, that's not, you know, because you want to keep creating text. Right, and that's why I want to go back and hang out with, with nine, 1999 David, because I miss that feeling of upward trajectory, of nothing but upward trajectory. Even when, you know, I took a hit, there was some turbulence. It was turbulence, you know? It wasn't, if we're going to stick with the rocket ship analogy sure i was never the challenger you know i was never apollo one it was always apollo 11 um oh, okay you know like it was just and there were little things that went wrong with apollo like there was a little button that broke you know like there were but it was always the greatest mission and everything was working and it was always go and i had the right team around me and i was the the smartest that i've been you know i i don't know that that's true but i just felt Fucking everything was just right where it needed to be. Now. So how'd you fuck it up, David? Uh, if everything was well, right there, or did you fuck it up? And if you didn't fuck it up, why do you want to go back and I revisit think that's, that time? That's so, the so thing. Viscerally? And that's what needs to be picked apart is, was everything perfect? Because the problem with looking back is that we romanticize the past, right? Absolutely. Like, everything that's what is better that's in hindsight. The, yes. That's the substance of nostalgia, yeah. Right. I mean, there are points that I, I, there are moments I could point to and say, yep, fuck that up. That's where I fuck that up. But I think it's just a matter of age and perception. And of course, things were on an upward, nonstop, upward, a nonstop upward trajectory in 1999 when I was 20 years old. What the fuck else is going on in my yeah. life except finding new things, meeting new people, doing new things? There was no, I had nothing to lose because I didn't have anything yet. Nothing, I could risk it all because all was, Opportunity. It was, just, yeah, all, you know, was, all was uh, a packet of ramen and a bike. You know, I mean, it's like nothing. You had nothing. Yeah. So I mean, here's my question, because this I think is interesting. Is well, if, let me before but real right, quickly go before ahead, go ahead. it, it yeah. wasn't even that all was a packet of ramen because I mean, yeah, but yeah, you were a rich kid. Was, you had way more ramen well, than I did. We had a hamburger helper. All right, there you go. Yeah. You had hamburger helper, and I it's had getting fancy uh, with some hamburger a TV helper. TV dinner cut in half. So, yeah. yeah. Um. It was that I could do anything because if it didn't work or I didn't like it, I was I knew that I was still young enough and I had time to well we'll just shift we'll just shift a bit and try something else or try it again or this and that and as time went on it was like well shit I don't have time to focus on that part anymore because I need to focus on this because I'm running out of time because I'm getting older and now there's there is money attached to what I'm doing and now there's people dependent on that money. And I can't just pick up the phone and say, hey, dad, can I get an extra 500 bucks to help me through yeah. this next semester? Or, you know, like that shit yeah, doesn't you're a grown happen person, anymore. So right. that, yeah, you don't do that. So I think that's what it was, is that I had time and I don't, I don't have as much time anymore. I'm so not saying I'm going to die soon. But yeah, but this, but this is the question is why, and, and I think this is sort of the, 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 the crux, and perhaps this is, uh, you know, this taps into sort of the baby boomer uh, we're not willing to let go. Let's mm -hmm. elect another seventy-five-year-old yeah. presidential nominee. You know, is is the question is, <laughs> you know, it's like we just can't give it up. Is why, why do you feel that when you were twenty, you could just go out and discover things and have this limitless like I'm going to go do whatever I want and I want to have fun doing it and I want to explore things and learn and create, and that now at forty you feel like you can't continue to do that just because just because the thing about it is the 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 the, the sort of the the delusion or illusion yeah of i'm running out of time people die at 20 years old people die at 23 yeah they weren't thinking they were running out of time but the reality was they were running out of time i could die i could be on this phone call right now suddenly have a heart attack pitch over and die in the middle of this podcast that doesn't change my decision to come to Vegas. Knowing that I could die at any moment or anybody could should not 
and it does, but it should not prevent us from saying, I'm going all in with this crazy idea that I have, because that's what you're talking about. You're talking about right. when you're 20, there is nothing but, 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 nothing but air. St- stratosphere to the go stratosphere, to. Yep. And quite well, literally, because I, I was about to get a job in radio working at the stratosphere, yeah. which and is going to change everything. There yeah. you go. And I would, and I would argue <laughs> that, that, the yeah. people that live the best life, because I've I've read a billion pieces, and I read this when I was twenty, so it's not like I just am looking for it now. Yeah, is that everybody says that the happiest time in anybody's life ultimately is when they're around fifty, because you stop giving a shit about the stuff that's not important, and you stop fo- you start focusing on the stuff that actually makes you feel good. That actually, you know, now. I think probably when you get to sixties, probably then you start to die and you start to get cancer <laughs> and you well, know and you can't walk and all that kind of shit. But um, I look at that and I go, why is that the case? And I think the people that live the most fulfilling lives, and I'm you know like I said, I haven't lived my fulfilled life entirely. I've got right. more life to live. Right. Are the ones that don't look at like their mortality as sort of like oh. Man, I, I mean, I can look back at there have been the times where I've gone, wow, if I had not gone to college and I had instead gone to Chicago right after high school, then I could have been at Second City before there was even a training center and really made my bones as a comedian mm-hmm. in the world, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, it's like it's like I know because then I would have missed out on all this other stuff that I didn't. You know, it's like, it's like yeah, you can look well, at those choices, but it's like yeah, I'm I'm making choices now, and I've got plenty of choices to make. So I'm thinking about your question. Let's take a quick break, and then when we get back. I'll 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 answer it for you. Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. That awesome movie year on all the socials and awesome moviyear.com so please like us subscribe and uh if you do like us give us a five-star rating because we love you the question to me was why did i feel that at 20 the sky was a limit but at 40 i don't feel that way anymore i think that was yeah yeah Yeah, that's i mean that's the crux of it is what what has changed other than you just getting fucking older having more responsibility that changes your mind that you can't just go I have a limitless or, or effectively limitless possibility. I mean, you can't be an astronaut. Right. I mean, there's certain things, obviously, you cannot change. I'm not going to do anymore. Like, I'm probably are, not going to be on SNL. Yeah, there are limitations <laughs> that being 40 years old and making this, um, there are limitations. But there are not as many limitations, I think, as you believe there are. Well, I don't know that there's... I don't, I don't think I believe that there are limitations because I'm 40. I think that it's harder to do... Harder to be in the same, uh, create the same situation or similar situation as when I was 20 because I'm surrounded now by other 40-year-olds or 50-year-olds versus being surrounded by 20-somethings and teenagers, you know, 18, 19s. Um, yeah, and I hate those kids. What a bunch of but assholes. We were, we were, that was the moment, I mean, in your 20s, you're, it's just movement. It's just moving up. It's finding all the, all the things that you're going to put in place. It's finding all of your tent poles you're going to stake in the ground and build your life on. And most of us now in my circle, we've, we've done that. And it feels a little... Oh, this is going to sound worse than I, I mean it to. It feels a little cagey. Like, I, like we've created cages for ourselves. And we cannot go beyond that because then we're leaving behind our dog and our spouse and our job and our money. We can't throw it all away for a summer in Europe or a summer at camp or a summer to to just fuck around at the the Tropicana pool and bang some chicks, you know? I don't think, well, I mean, the banging chicks, you're married. Um, You know, I don't think it's, I don't, I think that's the difference. Maybe is that when you're 20, you're throwing things away. And at 40, you don't get to throw them away. That doesn't mean that, that, that it limits you from doing things that you still want to do you just have to keep more things in mind when you do them you, you this is the thing here's david david this is this is i know this is going to be hard for you to hear but first of all you're not 20 anymore no and 
the world no longer revolves around you. I know that's hard to take. My world no longer no, revolves around no, me. No world, no world revolves around you. And that's right. the hardest thing to take is, and that's when Dana, I've talked about this. I wrote about this, your job and everybody's, I think, I, I think there's responsibility with, with uh, a certain amount of freedom in life. And I think this is what I'm hoping. And I'm trying to, to get there is when you get to a certain age, you have to recognize that the world isn't yours to have in, in terms of society. You only, you're, you're, you're talking about the cage. I think the world gets, on some levels, smaller. Mm -hmm. But what it allows you to do, if you're smart, I think, um, or wise, maybe, um, is that you can be in a position where you can be a responsible elder. And yeah. this, uh, the perfect example is, we're talking about, you know, it's like make the joke, I hate 20 years old, what a bunch of fucking assholes. One of my uh, staff members at the sports book is 22 years old. His name's Cameron. Young black kid. This is his first job ever right yeah. and and so you know i'm looking at this kid and it's like okay part of me as a manager is that i want to be first of all i obviously want to be a good manager but i also want to help him be as successful in his first job and establish a certain amount of like expectation that he can have um and actually, I take that back. This is not his first job. It's his first like real job, right? So mm -hmm. he's had yeah, other yeah. managers. Yeah. But one of the things, one of the things he was, uh, there was a possibility that his brother was going to get uh, a director position. That means Cameron would have to leave the Wild Wild West and go someplace else because he couldn't work under his brother, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. But one of the things he was, he was like really wanted good things for his brother, but he didn't want to leave. And part of his reason, he told me this the other day, was. Like you said, I was telling my friend, it's like this manager I've got, man, he's, he totally gets it and he's really helpful and he's totally cool and he's funny. And it's like, okay, the funny part, great. But what I want to be is helpful. You know, it's like I was telling him about, we were, t he fascinated about the house thing and moving to Vegas and why I moved to Vegas. He always has asked me questions about shit I did in Chicago. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like the world is no longer about me. It's about Cameron. So if I take the time to pull my head out of my own ass and stop staring at my colon and thinking that my shit's important <laughs> and, and place like, what can I do to make his time? He's, he's at that place where the stratosphere, where every choice he makes is free and he can just throw everything away for a week or a month in whatever. What can I do? What, how can I? So instead of going back in time and talking to myself what advice would I give myself that I can now give to Cameron? Or And it's not even advice, because he's not always asking for advice. It's just, how do I demonstrate through example or tell stories that indicate to him, this is what I would tell my 20-year-old self. Yeah. I'm going to tell 20-year-old or 22-year-old Cameron this so that his life is better and he doesn't make Because he's going to make the same mistakes. He's going to make his own mistakes. Sure, sure. But if there's anything, you know, it's like, and it's like, what are the lessons I would like to impart to myself? Well, those are the lessons that I can impart to other people who the world is now poised for their, it's their oyster. It's no longer my fucking oyster. I'm just cleaning up the fucking mess of the shells. See, I think that that's where you and I differ on this is that you're looking at it as a way to control or adjust uh, what has happened and what, what will be. I just want to, I just want to go and party for a weekend. You know, I just want to like cut the cut loose and just go back to when it was. I can't say it was carefree because I had issues. I had things that I, you know, emotional, whatever the fuck oh, went yeah, wrong in the, the twenty year old's drama. life. The um, drama. She doesn't like me, or you know, whatever the well, fuck bullshit. it was. Um, some really great emo music came out in nineteen ninety nine. So that's another thing. But um, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> but I think it's just that I want to go back to when. It was comparatively easier. And again, it's it's not just because it was an easier time. It's because it was significant in my life where all this shit was changing right at this at this particular moment. And it feels sort of like it's changing again. Or it could. But it's 
if I, if I let it. That's things, but we're not changing it anymore. Everybody else is changing, and we either get on board or we are left behind. Well, I mean, 20 years ago, I wasn't happy with certain things in my life, and I made decisions to do things completely different. It's the George Costanza theory. Yeah. You know, do the exact opposite of everything you've ever done and see how it works, right? And there's that episode of Seinfeld where he does that, and like, yeah. it's all fucking roses for George in that episode. Yeah. And... That's what I did in, in 1999 is I was like, I'm not happy with this. This isn't working out for me. So change everything. And I did. I made a conscious choice to shift my outlook on life to. Yeah. And everything, everything just started moving, you know, so it got me out of the sludge. It got me, kept me from spinning my so, tires. So why can't you do that now? Well, that's just it is I suppose I can. I think I'll be a little bit more limited because. Well, yeah. I can't make a single decision just for me anymore. It has to involve Katie and Harry. Well, yeah, um, you have a family. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit harder. Um, but it might be nice to go back to 99 and see what that feels like and then bring it back to 2019 as inspiration. I think that's maybe what I... So you I just want. feel as as now as a recently turned forty year old man, you feel like you are shackled to the ground, and you can't move with the freedom that you moved when you were twenty. And what I will tell you is that shackle. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen an elephant in captivity? They don't do it anymore because it's, you know, it's shitty. But the way they would <laughs> they would you know it's like elephants. They would basically put this four thousand pound creature with the muscle mass of you know. An elephant a ship, yeah. yeah, of an elephant, yeah, <laughs> and they would put it. They would put a chain around its one foot, uh-huh. and then put a peg into the ground, and that fucking elephant would stay there. When physically, that elephant could pull that fucking peg out of the goddamn ground any second and just walk away. Right. But that, but that chain keeps that elephant in place, and the reason for that is that the, that life has trained that elephant to stay there. So that shackle is symbolic at best. Yeah. It's not a pragmatic shackle. And it's 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 the equivalent of like creating sort of like a white line on the ground and training someone never to cross it. At a certain point, they can't cross it because they've convinced themselves that that is dire. And that's the thing is I think your I think your cage that you're feeling as a 40-year-old man is completely illusion. It is completely in your mind, you know, and that's the thing is you can make decisions. I mean, you can make de- you can make decisions that are all yours and be a destructive cunt. Right. Or you can make decisions that benefit you and your wife and child. Well, and I, I think we need to be clear here that I don't feel caged because I have a wife and child. I don't no, feel that no, they cage me No, you feel caged because not- you're old. I feel caged because I'm old. I feel, um, you know, that like I've, I've in, in the last 20 years, and I think it's specific to my career. Like if I had done something differently, if I had spent more time focused on this part of, you know, part A of the career instead of B and C, instead of sharing that focus. Well, David, David, here's here's a question for you. You you've you've banked a lot of energy on being a writer as a career. Yeah. I fucking hate it. So <laughs> so well, so what what is preventing you from saying, "Katie, I'm going to take I'm going to go out of the limb and I'm going to be a stand-up comic. I'm not going to be a writer for money anymore. I'm just going to be a stand-up comic." <laughs> or or That's a good question. I've got a great or, answer for that. Dana, I th- think I want to go to Vegas and then I'm going to land this casino job and I'm going to be a casino manager. I mean, that's if I'd have looked at Dana when we were in Chicago and said, I want to go to Vegas and be a casino manager, she'd looked at me like I was a fucking moron. Yeah. Because that's just a dumb way of putting it. I said, you know, we're not happy here. We're stuck in a rut. We need to, we need to get out of our rut. I need to get out of my rut. Let's go, you know, someplace different, warm. We went Vegas and I couldn't get a fucking job with my resume because nobody here does what I did in Chicago and gives a shit about it, you know? Right, right. Dana can't get the figure modeling thing going here because nobody does that shit here. So we had to reinvent what we did, and then I got landed this more luck than anything else, but got this casino job, and it turns out I'm really good at it. I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. 
So it worked out, but it only worked out because we were not limited by the fact that I'm a fucking old man and she's about to turn 40. Yeah. We weren't limited by that. We just went, all right, let's do this fucking thing and see what happens. That never, the thing about it is your age does not change that impulse or the reality that you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I think it's it's a matter of me figuring out the balance between embracing the 20-year-old go-get-it energy, you know, constant energy, full energy attitude that I had yeah. at 20. Because I, st- I feel like I still have it. I still feel like I'm 20 years old most of the time. God, I'm glad I'm not 20 years old. I was so fucking stupid. Um, but... If, so if I if I could f- make those decisions with that same kind of energy and hope and fury, um, but not have them be so selfish. Not that I was selfish at twenty, but I didn't have anybody else to make the decision. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah. like I'm gonna do this and fuck everybody else. It was like I'm gonna do this and I'm the only person that's on this boat. So it doesn't matter what course I set because fuck them. You know I'm the only one here. Sure. Um, I don't know. I also think, I mean, there was just so much, I, I would love to just fucking hang out with, with, with me when I was 20 and my fucking really baggy cargo pants and, you know. I still my, have the baggy cargo yeah, pants. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Because you know why? I liked them then. I fucking like them now. And go fuck yourself sure, if you no. don't like them because hey, you're not wearing them. I'm not bagging on them. I'm, you're not fucking I'm not, wearing them, so I'm not ragging on them at all. I'm not, I think, to, I'm not here to impress you, you 20-year-old cargo pants are out motherfucker. I, miss, I like my cargo pants. I would love to drive around with me in my 1999 Volkswagen Golf Wolfsburg Edition, my first car with a 6 yeah. CD disc changer and the sunroof. It was a nice car. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and just listen to the... You know, to all that, that new music, to listen to the, the Get Up Kids Something Right at Home About album front to back for the first time and just have it fucking blow my mind or watch it blow watch 40 year old David watches it blow 20 year old David's you know like I just I just think it'd be fun to hang out with me <laughs> I, think, I don't know what's I it like for you hanging David, out with me now like you David, enjoy it David, right I think I think you have you really have nostalgized I really am convinced that if you went back in time to spend a week with yourself You'd come back and fucking cut your goddamn wrist. You'd go, I was such a miserable pain in the ass. What a narcissistic, selfish, self-destructive cunt I was. And you go, I hated myself. Now, that doesn't mean you were all those things. Right. It's just that you would look... I'm convinced that, because I know. If I went back and spent 20 minutes with myself at 20... Yeah. I would no longer exist because I'd fucking, fucking smother myself, my goddamn... Yeah. I'd kill myself well, before I, I let myself live one more day. The, the good thing is that this podcast is going to hopefully still be around when I'm uh, 20 years... 60. And there come back go. and listen to this because I want to... I kind of want to... What the fuck, man? That you'll means, be 73. That means we're going to be doing... I'm going to be like 73 years old doing this podcast? All right. I'm in. I mean, what else are we going to do over That's the next true. 20 years? I have no other plans. Well, see, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, I don't either. Hopefully, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe in, that's the in, problem. In twenty years, the podcast will just be we plug into our chip, yeah. in our brain, and we talk, and it goes out live to everybody that's interested, which is like six people, but still, they're interested. Those so six we are, people are very interested. We can you to this. We just drop the shit in people's brains, like fuck it. it. You don't want it? Don't yeah, we care. drop it Listen. in their brains. Yeah, yeah, it's in their eyeball, in their eyeball, on their ear canal. I like that. But yeah, what I don't like is what I just said a minute ago about how great I was when I was 20 and what fun I'd be to hang out with. Like, what a fucking asshole I am right now to think that I was that awesome back well, then. I don't, see, the thing the is, I don't think it's I an kidding? asshole. That's your nostalgia <laughs> kicking in. That's, the, that's the, what am I doing with my life? I'm 40 years old. That's the midlife sort of thing that goes on. And I think it goes on for everybody, so I don't think that's unusual. It probably doesn't go on in countries where, you know, basically... You're barely hanging on to life, and your children oh, are dying no. of starvation. If I you had... probably don't get that that first world problem of like, oh no, what have I done with my life? I'm pretty sure that you know that 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 the guy from fucking Africa in the middle of the thing that he's you know his his family is dying from genocide out there. Did I'm you, pretty sure. Did that you was just like click? A, was that his name? That was his name. That was my Jesus version of doing like Christ. like Zulu. 
you know. But I, I'm pretty sure that guy. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say something that's even more. That would be offensive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know that that guy that guy that that that's his name. He doesn't understand anything else we're saying because that's how he, he talks and clicks. Sure. Someone so, say my name. Yeah, I don't, exactly. know. I don't know. So, I don't know. What was that? I yeah. don't know. What else are there, those fucking monkeys making sound for? But that guy's probably not going, gosh, I'm turning 40, and gosh, I wonder what I was like with 20. That guy's not doing that. That guy's no. just hoping he can fucking survive another day. See, I think that's the gauge for how well your life is going. If you have the time <laughs> to think about how awful your life is, your life is fucking fine. Your life is just fucking fine, yeah. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. First thing is, uh, it's a watch. A watch on Netflix season two of Mindhunter. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. God, it's good. I will say the the only, it's not even an issue. The only minor disappointment is that the first season, um, the, the, the actor who plays the... Um, the Kemp character, the like the main big serial killer. That Kemper. Ed Kemp, Kemper. Ed Kemper, thank you. Yeah, he's only in there once. Yeah, he's just... Have you seen the second s- season yet? This Well, see, it's so funny because you had told me that you were going to do this as the six things. Yeah. And I thought, well, I should at least watch one episode. Okay. Now, you know Dana is not big into TV. Right. And so she's the other night. This, I mean, this is like three nights ago. Uh-huh. Um, she said, what are you going to do? I said, I think I'm going to watch the first episode of season two. So at least I have a frame because I loved season one. Right. And she said, well, you know, I'll watch it with you. And so we went in the bedroom and we watched the recap of season one. She went, all right, I'm in. I'm in. This sounds interesting. That first night we watched fucking six hours Uh of it. We watched. And then we watched two more. And then we finished it last night. Yep. And it was like, because she never gets into the binge thing. But she was like, we were, both of us were just like, let's watch another one. It's so good. it's really fucking, dude. I don't know if he's using like makeup or CGI or a combination of two, but Berkowitz and Manson look fucking like they resurrected yeah. them from fucking the grave. It's uncanny how the good Berk- that is. the Berkowitz one weirded me out even more than the Manson because Manson's a little yeah. easier because you can he's got yeah. the beard and the longer hair. And- but, even, but that's the thing is if you know what that actor looks like that played Ooh, Manson, yeah, and then to have Manson's face on him, and, and like I said, I can't decide if it's make. I'm sure we'll find out at some point, but makeup or CGI or a combination of two. But Jesus Christ, yeah. that was creepy. And it was awesome. But the, the, Ed Kemper's not in it as much, which is unfortunate because that character so was in, but they make up for it i think with the weird things going on with the other detectives with bill uh oh bill tench bill tench with what's going on with his family that, oh, that was brilliant gets fascinating so yeah yeah mine hunter season two that's my thing absolutely okay along those lines uh since we're talking about uh 1999 going back 20 years <laughs> Um, and you just mentioned David Fincher, because uh-huh. Mindhunter. Mindhunter, right. Um, I'm going to suggest that you revisit Fight Club for two reasons. I think it's a brilliant film, because Fincher's a brilliant director. Polonik is, uh, is a brilliant writer, and I love that thing. You've got Brad Pitt at the height of his game. You've got Ed Norton at the height of his game. Um, and what I will say is you probably misunderstood that movie. Mm-hmm. So watch it again so you know it's not about... A, 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 an embrace of hyper-violence and toxic masculinity. Because yeah. that's not what it's about. It's At a all. satire. Watch it again. Fight Club. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. Uh, my next thing is a read. Uh, it's Read Cokeland uh, by, Christopher, oh, yeah. by Christopher Leonard. It's a new book. Um, yeah. It's about the Koch brothers and Koch Industries. Uh, today, as we record this, uh, it was reported that David Koch, the younger brother... Yeah. Has died. Which makes the world just a slightly better place. I'm going to do some math on this, but he was worth $50.5 billion, and he donated $1 billion, I guess, over his lifetime to charity. I want to see, percentage-wise, if that's more or less than what I gave to charity last year. Just out of curiosity. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. All right, um, cool. If you can't read the whole book, you can at least listen to Fresh Air. had an interview uh, last week, I think, with... with the writer Christopher Leonard, yeah, um, yeah. where they talked about it. it's really f- the secret history of um, the Coke, Coke industry. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah, interesting how, stuff how they how they made the world a worse place, but how they, they found it. But here's the thing: the takeaway, like, forget that they're villains, right? Like that they're bad guys and greed. Uh, forget all that shit. If the left was as patient and as oh, yeah. smart 
and as strategic as the villainous Koch brothers have been, we'd be in we'd be shape. fucking fine. Well, that's yeah. because ultimately, ultimately, watching the conservative right and the progressive left uh, play chess is effectively like watching a seasoned, older person takes their time and strategizes playing with a highly emotional 13-year-old. I'll, I'll do you one better. Um, it's like watching... Uh, it's like watching me eat a bowl of spaghetti with a yes. fork, spaghetti and meatballs with a fork and knife, and I'm taking my time not to splatter red sauce all over my white shirt, and watching my one-and-a-half-year-old son eat spaghetti and meatballs, where there's there shit in his fucking ears and on the walls, and my son is the left, I yes. am the I'm conservative the right. patient. In, yeah. In, in that, in that. All right. So my second thing is a, listen, still going back to 1999. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite albums of 1999. I'd look back. I was like, "What? What? What did I really love about 90? And it tells you exactly where I was at yeah. in 1999. I want you to download David, okay, and listen to in its entirety the fragile Nine Inch Nails. Okay, because that was out of 1999. That was one of my top five albums of that year. I listened to the shit out of that thing, and it really, I that it really that thing is going back and listening to some of that stuff. I went, oh, I know exactly what frame of mind I was in 1999. Um, so I had like two other things. Give me half a second to look it up because I can't remember the name of the damn movie now. Um, well, I was gonna say. Uh, sticking with the theme of, of time travel is watch flight of the navigator. <laughs> oh yeah. Why not? That's a great, yeah. Flight of the navigator is great it's such stuff. a great weird movie. Um, there's like weird twisted sister jokes in there. Yep. That, like, totally date the movie, but whatever. Um, well that, what that reminds oh, me of is like when one. you say flight of the navigator, I'm thinking like in terms of my, my upbringing, it's like, you know, watch the last, last starfighter. Yeah. Which is sort of like my version of that for you. You know, it's like, all right, so what I was going to say, though, is I was thinking of a, mo- of a weird movie that I loved around 1999, but it didn't come out in 1999. It came out the year before. Uh, it's called Kissing a Fool with uh, Jason Lee, David Schwimmer. Oh, my God. That's right. And Holy shit. It was such like a weird sleeper failure. Like, it's oh, got yeah, it 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's, oh, yeah, it's not terrible. a bad movie. Eh. It's David Schwimmer, I think, at his funniest. Um, Boy, and that... Boy, David Schwimmer at his funniest is sort of like uh, that's like uh, I don't know. That's it's like, like saying, it's like being the the, the sar- best of the sar- JV team. Sardines at their least salty. Sure, I mean come on. Fair enough, but I just I love that, and it takes place in Chicago, and I just I don't know. It's again like where I was. You know, it's a romantic comedy, yeah. whatever. Um, plus, our good friend Rory Zacker is in that film. Oh my God! Now it's, see now I have to watch so, it again. But it it yeah. came out ninety eight, so it doesn't totally stick with the theme. Yeah, well, I was but it's watching right. it a lot in ninety nine. But anyway, all there right. you go. Uh, my third thing is is uh, exactly it's it's a it's a read. It's an Esquire article, and it is something I think forty year old David needs to read because when I read this, I thought, wow, this is uh, first of all, this guy's a fucking badass. Yeah, and second of all. This sounds like a, an alternate career for David Himmel. That if, you know, if, if things are playing out and you know, it's really, really not working for you, this is a direction to go. It is called Inside the Twisted Worldwide Hunt for a $7 million Stolen Car. <laughs> it is by Staten Bonner. It's an Esquire.com. And it's basically about this guy who this is what he does. He, he's, 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 he searches for stolen shit. And this, but I love this description. I just want you to hear this description. Joe, 62 is more Magnum PI than Sam Spade. Tall, trim, <laughs> tan, usually wearing a fitted polo or a Hawaiian shirt, drinks sweet tea by the gallon and speaks like the New Orleans native he is. Likes to swim and dive for lobsters and drive boats. He recently cruised on a 65-footer down to Utila, this coral reef island off the coast of Honduras, he says. It was incredible. Diving with whale sharks and <gasps> drinking with outlaws, one guy 
didn't come back. And I went, okay, this is a 62-year-old guy who did not go. Oh, my life is so shitty. I wish I was 20 again. This is a guy who went, so what do I want to do now? I want to fucking I want to be a private eye looking for $7 million stolen cars, and I want to dive with whale sharks and maybe have one of my friends die on the way. This is a guy. That's my dude. That's That guy's that's my what, spirit animal. That's what I'm saying. So you should read this article and go, God, should right. I be a private eye? You know, that's an opportunity. I'm, you don't really need a degree for it. You just got to be able to do it. You got to yeah. do some research. You've I, got the research ability. I can be a... T- can I talk like a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if you walk around and talk like this, hey, hey, hey. I'm David Himmel. It's like, no, that's not going to work. Can I, I, I narrate? Can higher. I narrate my own day? <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. It's like you walk around and suddenly you're talking in your third person, narrating your day. That would be funny. Oh God, it's seven thirty. I slept in my alarm again. When am I going to get my run in? The kid's already up. The wife's sound asleep. The dog just punched me in the nut bag. Uh, yeah. It must be Friday. You walk up and you meet a client. You meet a client. You say, hi, yeah. Hi, I'm David Himmel. And you shake his hand. His, and then all of a sudden you say to the guy's face, yeah. and his handshake was like holding a wet fish. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> you just narrate your fucking the life. General, and the general like weird insults that come Internal out. Internal like, monologue. He was short and sweaty. His, he smelled like like peanut butter balls. or I don't Yeah, like what? Elderberries and... Nicotine. Oh God! Oh God! I love it. I think that's funny. That's, that's I, yeah. That's a good plan. Well, well, we'll see where I'm at next week with that. All right. Well, that's the show, <laughs> my friends. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in 1999. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast. Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.